The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. I am your host, Laura Theodore. I'm so honored and happy to be here with you today because today we have a very important hour in store for you with our incredible guest, President and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, Gene Bauer, who will talk about the warm, nurturing personalities of turkeys who possess strong personalities, form friendships. They have a wide range of interests. Now, Farm Sanctuary inspires people to think about turkeys differently. So I am very excited about getting into this topic today. And of course, once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. And I'm wishing you and your loved ones Good health and well-being this holiday season. I hope that this podcast today will help to inspire you, uplift you, and of course, always inform you and entertain you just a little bit. And later on the show, I hope you'll stick around because I'm going to be sharing my recipe ideas and menu tips for serving a compassionate vegan Thanksgiving meal. And of course, all of my recipes and menus are designed to please both vegans and omnivores alike. And uh, during that segment, I will share my fantastic recipes of the week as it's two snazzy side dishes for your plant-powered vegan celebrations. Some fan favorites here, holiday rosemary smashed potatoes and steamed kale with walnut cream sauce. If you're wondering how to serve kale to your family and have them love it, you're going to want to stick around for this recipe. But Right now, it is my great honor to welcome Jean Bauer, who is president and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, America's premier farm, animal sanctuary, and advocacy organization. Jean has traveled extensively around the country, campaigning to raise awareness about the abuses of industrialized factory farming and our current food system. Credited with initiating passage of the first U.S. laws to prohibit cruel farming methods and winning the first ever cruelty conviction at a U.S. stockyard, Jean is author of two national best-selling books, Farm Sanctuary, Changing Hearts and Minds About Animals and Food, a great book, and another just fantastic book that you must pick up Living the Farm Sanctuary Life, the ultimate guide to eating mindfully, living longer, and feeling better every day. And I'm feeling better because I'm going to welcome Gene to the show right now. How are you today, Gene? Hi, Laura. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so honored and happy that you are here because uh, this is just such an important conversation. For some reason, Throughout the years, Thanksgiving and turkeys have become one, and Farm Sanctuary inspires people to think about turkeys a little bit differently, and since 1986, you have had the Adopt a Turkey 
project where you encourage people to sponsor a rescued spokes turkey for Thanksgiving instead of eating one. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that, what initially inspired it, and talk a little bit about your Adopt-A-Turkey project. Yes, I would be happy to. So Farm Sanctuary started back in 1986 to expose the cruelty of factory farming and to work to change how society views and treats farm animals. And in our first year, as November 1986 approached, we were talking about this holiday that is centered around the body of a dead animal in the middle of people's tables across the country. Yeah. And it's, it's a holiday that's difficult for vegetarians and vegans, and we, we wanted to do something different that would honor these animals instead of having them slaughtered. And so we came up with the Adopt-A-Turkey program where people can adopt a turkey uh, who will be taken care of at farm sanctuary, or in some cases, if people have the space, they could actually adopt a turkey into their own home. Of course, we're very careful to make sure these animals go into good homes, uh, but there were a couple of different options. And most people, of course, sponsor turkeys who live at farm sanctuary, and they get to live out their lives. And it's just such a wonderful way to celebrate our connection with other animals and to see them as living creatures who deserve to be treated with respect. And, and I believe that when we treat other animals with respect, it actually improves our own lives as well. Whereas if we mistreat others and, you know, at slaughterhouses, for example, can you imagine what it would be like to work in a slaughterhouse where your job is cutting the throats of animals eight hours a day? It's a very, difficult, violent, bloody job. It's it's bad for the animals, but it's also bad for the people. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about this in the past, Gene, but we've never really talked completely in depth and taken a whole segment on how much do we really know turkeys. Most people, as I started off this interview with, think turkey Thanksgiving, that's all they think of. And Turkeys are so much like the other animals that we love and cherish. So uh, first, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions that I found on your website, and I think it's really important for everybody to know. I did not know this. A male turkey's head changes color from white to red to blue. And why does this happen? Well, it's expressing their emotions. You know, if they're feeling amorous, for example, or if they're feeling excited for whatever reason, or if they're feeling calm, you know, so their, their heads will change colors, as will their body positioning. You know, they'll sometimes act more calmly or sometimes more excited. And, you know, these are animals that are expressive. They're individuals. There's actually a film that's been on PBS a few times around the holidays. It's called My Life as a Turkey, and it's a naturalist who raises turkeys from chicks in the woods, and he spends hours and hours with them every day and watches how these animals develop and watches how they communicate with each other. And what was really, in my mind, so astounding about this particular film is that this is a guy who had lived in this area for years, but Mm -hmm. he was unaware of the different snakes, for example, that lived in the same area until he spent time with turkeys who would communicate and they would talk about there's a snake over there and they would actually communicate what kind of snake it was to each other. So these are animals who have feelings. They communicate with each other. They are social animals, just like human beings. 
And when we treat them with compassion, they respond. Um, some friends of mine used to live on a kibbutz in Israel. Mm-hmm. And on this kibbutz, there was a turkey farmer. And he raised thousands of turkeys. And he would say, oh, they're dumb animals. And, and he was treating them very badly. He was not treating them with respect. And frankly, he didn't really understand these animals. Uh, but, but my friends ended up rescuing a couple of turkeys. And this turkey farmer came over and got to meet these individual turkeys. And for the first time, he could say, could see that they were individuals. You know, one of them was much more outgoing, and the other was much more shy. And this turkey farmer was sort of astounded and and came to realize that he never really paid attention. He never really came to understand that these are individuals who have feelings and and who really should be treated with respect. So a, a large part of um, the issue around Thanksgiving and the work Farm Sanctuary does is we want people to pay attention and to look at these animals as fellow earthlings and then to treat them with respect, which, you know, as I've mentioned, is good not only for the turkeys, but it's also good for us. Kindness is good for everybody. I agree. Kindness is good for everybody. And um, just expanding on what you were just talking about just a little bit, once again, we think turkey... You know, you see in cartoons, you see in print, you see online, you hear in movies, and they say one thing, gobble, gobble. But I understand from on your website and speaking with you in the past that they have a whole bunch of different things that they say and sound. And do they have a lot of distinct vocalizations that they can share and employ? Yes, they have. I think it's something like 30 different distinct vocalizations. That mean different things. And wow. this uh, naturalist who I mentioned, who spent some time with turkeys, uh, came to understand that they had different sounds that, and different ways to communicate about what different kinds of snakes. So they're, huh. you know, very capable of communicating and understanding each other. And a huge part of the problem with, with humans is that we just don't listen. <laughs> we just don't pay attention. And then we make assumptions and then we act inhumanely to others and, um, and it, it prevents us from opening our hearts and understanding that all animals, farm animals included, you know, are individuals and they have their own lived experiences, but they have their own memories. Um, and unfortunately, when we mistreat animals, as so often we do in the factory farming system, you know, these animals become afraid of us. Because all they've known when human beings have interacted with them has been pain or suffering of some sort. So oftentimes when the animals first come to farm sanctuary, they're very fearful of people. And for good reason. That's what their experience has, you know, conditioned them to expect when when a human being approaches. But as Mm -hmm. time goes, they come to learn that they're in a safe place and they learn to trust us. And in fact, many people who visit Farm Sanctuary are, are, are very moved by the turkeys because, you know, we grow up with certain unfair prejudices and negative ideas about turkeys. And, you know, being called a turkey, for example, yeah. is not, a, not flattering. It's a put down, right? Which is uh, an inherent way that turkeys are also routinely denigrated uh, in the way we, we, we speak to each other. So people who come to Farm Sanctuary and they get to know turkeys are often very moved by the experience. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I've had the wonderful opportunity, as far as wild turkeys are, are go, uh, go, of living in two places in my life where there were wild turkeys right in our backyard regularly. And um, as a matter of fact, I was having Thanksgiving many, many, many years ago, and this was way after we'd started having no turkey Thanksgivings, of course, and we had some friends over, and the turkey showed up in our backyard, a whole family with the little babies. They're so cute, and the parents, and they were there, and, you know, they they were wild, but they were not afraid of us, and my friend said, well, they know they're in your yard. They know they're not in harm's way when they're when they're with you. And that brings me to wild turkeys because I think they're often misunderstood. People think that they just are walking around, but they actually can fly, right, wild turkeys? Oh, yeah. Wild turkeys can fly something like 50 miles an hour. Uh, sometimes you will see them perched up high in trees. So wild turkeys are very nimble uh, and can fly very quickly. Uh, and you contrast that actually with turkeys who have been genetically bred for the factory farming system to grow fast and to grow large and to be killed very young. Um, and these commercially raised turkeys have actually been so profoundly altered genetically that they can't even reproduce naturally anymore. So all turkeys raised in commercial agriculture today are products of artificial insemination. And uh, so, so, so they, when they're young, can sometimes fly short distances and can perch into trees. But as they get older and they get heavier, um, their bodies just become unwieldy and they have a hard time flying. And in fact, they become so heavy that in many cases they have a hard time walking, uh, even at very young ages. So when the animals come to farm sanctuary, we're very careful about giving them food that is high in fiber and does not put on the weight like they're fed in these factory farms where the goal is mm -hmm. to feed them and get them to grow as fast and large as possible, as quickly as possible. Wow. Uh, every time you tell me that, I just, I can't believe it. Um, so I know in your book you had a story with the folks that were getting married and the turkeys were there in, in the ceremony and it was so touching and so beautiful and, and, and talk a little bit about how turkeys actually recognize people they meet, kind of like dogs and cats do. In other words, they form friendships or, or get to know people like other animals do. Am I correct in that? Yes, yes. You know, just like other animals, turkeys have memories. And, you know, again, as I mentioned before, they've generally been treated badly by people when they first come to us. So it takes them a little bit to warm up and recognize they're in a safe place. But if there are particular caregivers who are out with the turkeys on a regular basis, sometimes individual turkeys will bond with individual caregivers. And it's, you know, it just really does speak to the fact that they are individuals with personalities. They have their own likes and dislikes, and that can apply also to, to different people. Uh, and at Farm Sanctuary, nobody is there to harm these animals, so everybody treats them with kindness. But sometimes you'll have these special bonds that do form, which, again, is part of what happens among humans and other animals uh, who are individuals and who have certain connections and, and alignments with other people or other animals. Mm -hmm. And if they like somebody, how do they show that? How do they show affection? 
they sometimes they will actually cuddle. We, we've had turkeys that will follow you around, you know, like a puppy dog. And uh-huh. so, sometimes when you sit down, they will jump on your lap to, to get closer to you. So they like to be close to those who they feel comfortable with and who they like. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, now well, I'm going to ask you the sad question, but I think it is an important question to be answered during our conversation today. How many turkeys are actually slaughtered for Thanksgiving every year? Yeah, it's um, the number is huge. Every Thanksgiving, over 40 million turkeys are slaughtered for the Thanksgiving uh, holiday. And, you know, it's really quite ironic if you think about it. This is a holiday that's based on gratitude and being thankful. And sadly, it's celebrated, you know, over this animal who suffered terribly and has been killed needlessly. And I think there are much better ways to celebrate a holiday of gratitude. There is so much amazing food we can eat without causing an animal to die needlessly. Well, truthfully, and that that's where I come in, because really, for me, the first thing I started doing many, well over 40 years ago was I felt the same that what you're just talking about now is like, whoa, we're celebrating this holiday, but why are we doing this to these turkeys? And um, I I realized that most people, they really like the side dishes on Thanksgiving, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It's, the, it's the mashed potatoes with mushroom gravy or the sweet potato casserole or the green bean casserole that's very easy to make vegan or the stuffing. Everybody loves the stuffing. Mine was always favorite, you know, the stuffing. That was my favorite dish when I was a little girl. And if you make all those side dishes, you're really not going to miss. Um, you're going to be able to have a compassionate Thanksgiving. You're not going to miss the... Uh, Eating an animal, I guess that's the best way to say it. Don't you agree? Oh, I absolutely agree. And there are so many different kinds of side dishes that are already vegan. So, you know, just leaving yeah. the turkey out and, you know, making plant-based food is something everybody can do. And, and people can also get creative. I, for example, I've heard, you know, if somebody wanted a centerpiece in the middle of their table, instead of stuffing a turkey, they can stuff a squash. And mm-hmm. you know, have the same kind of centerpiece and still celebrate bounty and abundance, but do it without the violence that comes from slaughtering animals. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes what I do when I'm having uh, people for Thanksgiving is display the dessert in the middle of the table in a nice little <laughs> cake dish. And so people come in and they see what they're going to be having dessert in advance. And that's always really a nice one. You did talk a little bit about how our modern food system hurts workers, our communities, the environment. So let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Yes. Well, as I alluded to earlier, slaughterhouse work is very violent. It's very difficult. It's also very dangerous in in normal circumstances. But during this COVID pandemic, uh, slaughterhouses have become hotspots for the disease because you have people working in stressful, crowded conditions, um, and they're more susceptible to being infected. And, you know, thousands of slaughterhouse workers have been infected uh, with COVID. Um, And unfortunately, rather than enacting policies and, and changing practices 
to prevent these kinds of problems. There was a federal order, an executive order by the president that required slaughterhouses to stay open. And it also gave the industry a protection against the liabilities caused when people were made ill from these uh, dangerous conditions. So people who work in the industry uh, oftentimes are people of color. Uh, They're oftentimes people who do not have a lot of uh, power in, in, in our society, and they are exploited and subjected to very difficult, dangerous conditions. And we saw that with COVID. And, and unfortunately, this is just sort of normal and, and standardized practice. And, you know, the factory farming system is one that is built on oppression, the oppression of animals, the oppression of workers. It's also a system that is very extractive and destructive to the environment. In the U.S., 10 times more land is used for animal agriculture than plant-based because it requires so many resources. You know, it's a lot more efficient. We can feed like 10 times more people if we grew plants and ate them directly instead of growing plants to feed to animals. So because we are raising so many animals for food, we're now destroying ecosystems. We're destroying rainforests. There was a survey done of life on Earth a few years ago, and Mm. the numbers were shocking. They found that of all the mammals living on Earth, 96% are either humans or domesticated, and that's mainly farm animals. Only 4% of the mammals on Earth today are living in the wild, and it's because we're destroying wild ecosystems and raising so many animals in the food system. So... Um, and so there's a loss of biodiversity, too, which is an enormous problem that's linked to factory farming. The climate crisis is also linked to factory farming mm-hmm. because when you destroy rainforests and other natural ecosystems, you're creating less of an opportunity and less resilience on the earth to absorb greenhouse gases. And in fact, you know, you start emitting them instead. So yes. animal agriculture is one of the top contributors to the climate crisis. This is a, an industry that causes so much harm not only to animals, but to ourselves and to, to really all life on Earth. Beautifully explained. You make it so understandable. We are uh, talking with president and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, the incredible Gene Bauer. Our topic today, why we celebrate a vegan Thanksgiving. And that's what I'd love to talk about at the top of this segment. If someone's listening to this program today and they're saying, oh, gosh, gee, I... I don't think I am going to eat turkey this this Thursday or for the holiday itself. What are the first steps that you say to anyone to, that they can take to celebrate a more compassionate Thanksgiving and, and throughout the holiday season this year? Well, well, first, I would say thank you to anybody considering that shift uh, in the way that you eat, because you know our food choices have profound impact, and when we make food choices that we can feel good about that are aligned with our values and interests, it's, it's a very inspiring step to take. So for Thanksgiving, you know, as we were talking about earlier, some of the greatest food are the side dishes, the different, you know, casseroles, whether it's sweet potatoes or green beans, stuffing, potatoes, sweet potatoes, pumpkin, pumpkin pie, squash, um, different kinds of breads, cornbread, uh, you know, corn, beans, so many different kinds of plant foods that are available. And I would encourage people to be creative and to um, 
maybe even think about different ethnic dishes. You know, this isn't necessarily for the Thanksgiving feast, but historically, human beings have been primarily plant eaters because it's just a lot more efficient to eat plants instead of to raise animals for food. And the people who would eat meat tended to be those with lots of wealth and power. And so that's why most ethnic foods, whether it's Ethiopian food, Indian food, Thai food, uh, Mexican food, tends to be largely plant-based because uh, that's what people have mainly eaten over the course of our time here on the planet. So going towards um, ethnic foods is often a good step. Uh, And in some cases, you know, thankfully today, there are so many great alternatives to animal foods where you can, for example, have like spaghetti and meatballs, but instead of having the meatballs from animals, you can get veggie meatballs. So you can pretty much have the same dish with these substitutes. And there are also a growing variety of alternatives to a turkey at Thanksgiving, like tofurkey is one of them, but there are many others as well. And it's also getting easier to replace a cow's milk with plant-based milks for people who want to use milk in their recipes or in their cooking. So there's, there's just it's never been an easier time to eat vegan. And for those who are just starting along this path, uh, just start with, you know, take it day by day, meal by meal, and look at it as a process. Um, you know, just start choosing more plant foods and start leaving the animal foods, including turkey at Thanksgiving, you know, off the plate. And uh, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll explore and learn all kinds of new opportunities. I agree completely. Uh, which brings me to why do you think we eat turkeys and love and cherish our pets and other animals? What, how did that all begin in, in, your, in your mind? You know, it's really hard to know why we see some animals as friends, you know, cats, dogs, for example, and other animals as food, uh, cows mm-hmm. and pigs, for instance. But, you know, in, in other countries, uh, they eat cats and dogs. And in some countries, they don't eat cows or they don't eat pigs. So which animals we decide to see as our friends and which ones we decide to see as our food are really arbitrary. And at the end of the day, I think it's important to ask ourselves, you know, if we can live well without harming and killing other animals, why wouldn't we? And I think most people are humane. Most people would rather not cause unnecessary killing and violence and suffering I think most people also would rather support a food system that does not destroy the planet the way factory farming does. I think most people would also rather eat food that is nourishing instead of food that makes us sick, the way our animal-based food uh, in this country is doing. You know, it's it's been estimated that we could save 70% on healthcare costs in the U.S. by shifting to a whole foods plant-based diet. So not only does harming other animals harm the people involved in the violence of killing the other animals. And again, these are oftentimes workers who may not have many options. Um, But eating too many animal products, the way we do, causes enormous suffering among consumers. Um, You know, we're dying of diet-related diseases. And by shifting how we eat, we could live healthier lives, we could live longer lives, Many people get off of medication when they go plant-based. So Mm -hmm. there are so many benefits to this. And uh, it's really just a matter of people paying attention and then ultimately making choices about their food that are aligned with their own values because, again, most people are humane and their own interests. 
to eat food that doesn't make us sick and doesn't destroy the planet. Yes, well said. We're talking with president and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, Gene Bauer. You can learn more about Gene and learn more about Farm Sanctuary, which I highly recommend, after the program today at farmsanctuary.org. Org. That's farmsanctuary.org. You can learn how you can help. You can adopt a turkey. And gosh, there's so many wonderful, wonderful things right there on the website. Uh, just a, a, a few minutes here on Farm Sanctuary itself. I know you have three guiding principles, and I was wondering if you'd be able to share those with us now. Well, you know, we do three main programs. We do rescue, where we help animals out of the factory farming system to come live at our sanctuaries. We do education about the issues and about what happens on factory farms and what we can each do to make a difference. And we do advocacy where we try to change laws and practices uh, Mm -hmm. to improve how animals are treated and also to improve our food system so that it is more resilient, more sustainable, and healthier for ourselves, other animals, and the planet. And, you know, one of our big programs this time of year, is, as you mentioned, is our Adopt a Turkey program. And so another website I would encourage people to check out is adoptaturkey.org, where you can see the turkeys who, who, who are available to be sponsored, and you'll get updates about them. They'll become a member of Farm Sanctuary, and you'll be part of this work to create a healthier, more humane food system. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Thank you so much. Well, before you leave us today, I have um, a big question to ask you. Do you think America, and in fact, the world at this point, with everything that's going on, do you think that they're going to start moving towards a plant-based vegan lifestyle now? I sure hope so. You know, and I think we're seeing some very positive signs. You know, the fact that even fast food restaurants like Burger King now, it has a veggie burger. And Dunkin' Donuts has, you know, a veggie, you know, breakfast sandwich. Um, And if you go to a mainstream grocery store, you see all kinds of plant-based milk. I think these are all positive signs. Uh, You know, but the factory farming industry is very entrenched. And it is now trying to export animal farming and animal products around the world. And so that concerns me, you know, and countries like China and India who are becoming wealthier, you know, are starting to eat more meat, which, you know, concerns me. So I think this is going to be a long-term project, but, you know, here in the U S I think we need to focus, you know, on ourselves first and start changing the food system. And part of it also has to do with changing government programs. You know, today, billions and billions of dollars are spent every year to support factory farming. And this is government money that should stop. And instead we should start supporting a different kind of food system. So there are many things I think that are going to have to happen. Uh, Part of it is consumer change, but part of it also is system change and policy change at the government level. So it's going to take time, but I think we're making some, some progress. Well, you're definitely making progress, and educating people is always the first step towards change, and I just want to thank you for your continued dedication, your continued work all these many, many years to make the world a better place, not just for everyone, but for me as well. So I really appreciate it, and I'm wishing you and your loved ones a very healthy and happy holiday season. Thank you so much, Laura, and and the same to you, and I'm very grateful for your voice and for what you're doing also to raise awareness and and create a, a more compassionate world, and I always love to talk to you.
Thank you. Same here. Have a beautiful holiday. Thank you. That's a wonderful, the incredible Jean Bauer Farm Sanctuary. And uh, you can learn more how you can help at farmsanctuary.org. That's farmsanctuary.org. You want to go. You want to check it out. You'll learn a lot. And he's just fabulous, fabulous person. And I do hope you're going to take time out after this program today to get to know Jazzy Vegetarian better. And you can do that by visiting us at jazzyvegetarian.com, where you're going to find my vegan and delicious recipes, blog posts, autographed cookbooks, lots of videos, and learn, of course, about the Jazzy Vegetarian television series and learn more about this podcast. But it was the television series that really has... uh, made everybody a little bit more aware of what we're about and we're so pleased speaking of television oh yeah jazzy vegetarian on public television is now airing all across the nation and it airs on the create channel every sunday and every monday which brings me to my recipes of the week my holiday rosemary smashed potatoes And steamed kale with walnut cream sauce. Yes. Vegan and delicious. My recipe of the week. First up, my holiday rosemary smashed potatoes. They are a super fun and flavorful way to present little baby potatoes. Because what happens with these is the inside white pulp of the potato stays nice and tender, while the outside gets really, really crispy. So you can serve these on the side for any of your holiday meals to please everyone. They're even great to serve for breakfast. So keep that in mind. And this makes about six servings. And you're going to start off with 35 to 40 ounces of fingerling or baby potatoes. You want to scrub those, of course. Do not peel them. One and a half tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. One tablespoon of crushed dried rosemary. That's why they're holiday holiday rosemary smashed potatoes. And if for some reason you do not like rosemary, I remember my grandpa did not like rosemary. So when grandma would make her rosemary potatoes, she would always make some for grandpa that didn't have rosemary in them. So if you don't like rosemary or your family doesn't like rosemary, you can use basil. You can use Italian seasoning blend. You can use an all-purpose seasoning. You can even use something like a chili powder if you want to have uh, that kind of taste. So it works with really any uh, herb or spice blend that you prefer, but I love the crushed dried rosemary. Make sure you use crushed rosemary, by the way, because you want it to really be broken down Uh, So it covers those potatoes. And then about a half a teaspoon of sea salt, plus more as needed. And you're going to begin by fitting a steamer basket into a medium-sized saucepan. With a tight-fitting lid, add two to three inches of cold water to the pot. Then add your scrubbed fingerling or baby potatoes. Cover it, bring it to boil, and steam the potatoes for about 10 minutes or until they are just al dente. In other words, you're going to take a fork, and if it will uh, go into the potato with still some resistance, then your potatoes are in good shape for turning into smashed potatoes. Transfer your potatoes to a large bowl. Let them cool for 10 minutes. And while those potatoes cool, preheat the oven to 375 degrees. Line a large rimmed baking sheet with unbleached parchment paper. I always like to use the unbleached variety. 
And then you're going to add your olive oil, rosemary, and sea salt to the cooled potatoes and toss them very lightly to fully coat using a large spoon. And you're going to let that excess olive oil and rosemary run to the bottom of the bowl. You will see why. Take the potatoes out one by one and arrange them about a half inch apart in a single layer on a large, on that large baking sheet that you've prepared with that parchment paper. And then using a sturdy flat spatula, smash each potato so it's slightly flattened. And it's really just going to be a smashed potato. And then just brush the tops of the flattened potatoes with the seasoned oil that settled to the bottom of the mixing bowl. See, that's what that is for. Then you're going to go ahead and roast them at 375 degrees for 50 to 60 minutes or until the potatoes are golden brown and they're getting nice and crispy. And oh my gosh, they are so, so good. Take them out, put them on a wire rack. I like to season them with a little more sea salt at this time, if desired. It's really good. I like to use the pink Himalayan salt and uh, do it freshly ground. Really, really good. Let cool 10 minutes and serve. D-E-E-E-lish. Once again, breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, any time for holiday rosemary smashed potatoes. And uh, for our second jazzy side dish... If you have a hard time getting your family to eat kale, this is a good one. This is my flavorful kale with creamy walnut sauce. Really easy to make. And it's almost like um, a creamed spinach kind of dish. But it's with kale and without cream. You're making your cream sauce out of walnut. So it's completely vegan. And this is how you get this going. I'm going to start with one very large bunch of kale, washed, de-stemmed. You want to make sure to take those thick stems out of there. Very, very thinly sliced. Slice it nice and thinly. That kind of breaks down those heavy, tough fibers that can be in kale. So do slice them thinly after you have removed those big, thick stems. And what you're going to do there is steam your kale until wilted and soft, But you want to make sure it's still bright green. Usually it's about 8 to 10 minutes, depending on the thickness of your kale leaf. And this is where it can be really tricky with kale, because the thing with kale is that it can be that beautiful bright green color one minute, and then the next minute it's like that weird kind of pea green, which you really don't want. So what you want to do is just really keep an eye on it and make sure it's getting soft, but make sure it keeps that nice bright green color. And then it's ready to transfer to a medium sized bowl. And while that kale is steaming, you're going to make your sauce. And man, this is so easy. You're not going to believe it. You put your walnuts the water, the Italian seasoning, and tamari and garlic into a blender. And this is the amounts that you're going to use. A half a cup of chopped walnuts, about a half a cup of water is what you're going to start with, plus you're going to have more on the side as needed. Half a teaspoon of Italian seasoning blend. You can also use your favorite all-purpose seasoning with this. One to two teaspoons of tamari. Use a little bit more tamari if you like it a little bit saltier tasting. One clove of garlic halved. You can also use some garlic powder with this if you don't have fresh garlic on hand. That's just fine and dandy. Then some sea salt and black pepper to taste. 
And you're going to put all of those ingredients, the walnuts, water, Italian seasoning, tamari, and garlic into a blender and process until it's really creamy. Uh, Adding a little bit more water, a little bit at a time, about two tablespoons at a time to achieve a nice creamy consistency. And you're not going to believe it. Those walnuts that just look like walnuts, all of a sudden, you're going to look like a cream sauce. Pour the sauce over the steamed kale and toss with the kale leaves until they're nice and evenly coated. Taste it and season with a a generous amount of salt and black pepper to taste. And then you do want to serve this immediately. Make this right at the end of uh, you putting your menu together uh, before you're going to serve the course uh, because that kale will wilt pretty quickly. So that's a great jazzy tip. Wonderful, wonderful recipe. Flavorful kale with creamy walnut sauce and, of course, my holiday rosemary smashed potatoes. You can find both those recipes at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com. You can just type in the name of the recipes. And uh, before I leave you today, I just want... General reminder, if you need a snazzy plant-powered gift for the holidays, do check out our jazzyvegetarian.com shop for our sensational sale combos. Uh, We've got a wonderful, our ultimate cookbook combo includes four of my cookbooks signed by yours truly, less than $20 for each book in that combo, and uh, save $15 altogether if you order those together. Over 600 jazzy-licious recipes in that combo. But we've got a lot of other holiday specials happening while I'm wishing everyone a healthy, vegan, and delicious Thanksgiving and holiday. I want to thank you so much for listening. I know you have so many podcasts to choose from. I am totally honored that you choose this one. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace and love. And please always be happy, be healthy, and be well. From the Jazzy Vegetarian. What is it you really want in life, no matter what you've been through? you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.